Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Welcome to mini episode 320 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have three spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from November the 8th, 2023. And story number one comes from Elizabeth. This happened when I was about 16 or 17. I mentioned before that I was raised as an evangelical Christian. And I was all in when I was in high school. I went to church twice a week, went on mission trips, and even went to Christian camps in the summers. What happened with this incident still gives me chills when I think about it 21 years later. My youth group visited another youth group at a different church. The one I attended was a mega church and the youth group that we were visiting was also at a mega church. The building was huge and they had had the service in this very, very large reception room, like a ballroom. There was a round table that was propped up against the wall near the exit and all the way across this ballroom, reception room, hall, There was another round table propped up against the wall closer to where the group was sitting. During the sermon, the table at the back suddenly fell on its face instead of just sliding down the wall. You would expect it to slide down the wall, but it just fell like someone flipped it over or just slammed it down on its face. The room was so huge and the acoustics were great. The sound reverberated throughout the room. We all turned around for a second and then turned our attentions back to the sermon. Not too long after, maybe 10 minutes or less, the table that was directly behind the group did the same thing. It was accepted that the sermon was upsetting someone or something that we couldn't see. This would have been weird enough for me had it just been left at the tables falling over. But because it's me, the story doesn't end there. At some point, I randomly got extremely hot. My face was burning hot, my body was hot, and I started to feel a little faint as a result. One of the youth leaders I was sitting with looked at me and said that I looked flushed. I couldn't figure out what was going on and went to the restroom to splash water on my face and pull myself together. When I got to the restroom, I walked to the sinks, looked in the mirror and did not recognise myself. My eyes were a different colour. They are normally medium brown, hazelish, but on this night they looked grey or possibly green. Not only that, but I was pale as fuck. I'm black with a medium complexion, but I looked several shades lighter in that mirror. I blinked a few times and splashed water on my face. It was then that I began to look and feel normal again. I've never known how to feel about this incident, but I do think that I was driven from the room for some reason. Oh, that is wild. I mean, firstly, the two tables falling would have absolutely frightened the life out of me. I would have been ejected from my chair with the shock because... 
we've all been in that situation where something slams to the ground in a large room where there's great acoustics and it just reverberates everywhere. And that'd be enough for me. I'd be like, I um, I think we've done enough. We've, we've done enough for today. Thank you. And then to have that added experience of feeling like really, really hot and feeling faint and going to the restroom, splash water on your face, etc. How strange that you didn't feel like you recognised yourself, like your eyes were a different colour and that you were really pale. I'm really curious to know, did you tell anybody what you had experienced in the bathroom? Like, did you go back and tell any of the youth leaders or whoever was given the sermon, hey, this weird thing happened to me and I would like to tell somebody about it? Because I would be curious to see, to hear their perspective on it, whether they would believe that whatever they thought was interrupting the sermon or didn't like the sermon had somehow impacted you or affected you. I also would love to know if you were the only person that this happened to. Like, maybe there's a history of people having weird feelings and feeling flushed and looking different in the mirror you know that kind of thing maybe there's a history of that in the building I'd love to know and story number two comes from EJ the house I'll mainly be talking about is from the civil war era and has a Victorian style layout and therefore had many owners before my grandparents moved in even before my sister and I were born everyone in my immediate family have had unexplainable experiences, except for my sister and my grandfather that I know of. I'll talk about the one experience that made me a confirmed believer. When I was younger, the house never gave me bad vibes because I was always around my grandparents or someone else in the family, so I was never alone. The more I grew up, I remember letting curiosity get the better of me, so I started going off on my own a lot more. So fast forward when I graduated from high school, I walked upstairs and told the spirits that I wanted to see or hear them in some way. Before you tell me that I'm crazy, the spirits of this house are benevolent and harmless and only interact with living people if you ask them first. I don't remember when or how the topic of spirits and the paranormal came up, but when I asked about it, not expecting to get an actual answer, both of my parents have had experiences. Of course, being a child, I was too curious for my own good and asked for details. I wasn't a believer at this point yet, but I was always open to the idea. So when my parents told me about what they had experienced, I wanted to have my own story to tell. When I was in my early 20s, my grandparents started a thrift store business in a strip uptown from where they lived. In the summer of 2018 or 2019, my grandma's mobility was slowly deteriorating and she couldn't get around so she needed some help with going through donations. I reluctantly agreed to help. And I say reluctantly because it wasn't the house that made me uncomfortable, it was being around my grandmother. All I'll say is she wasn't the best grandmother to me, so I don't know why I agreed, but I digress. Since I had my license but no car yet, I agreed to stay with them at the house to make it easier. When it came time for sleeping arrangements, she'd asked me if I wanted to sleep on an air mattress with sheets or the guest room upstairs where there was an actual bed with blankets and one giant pillow. I chose to go upstairs and Grandma nodded and sent me on my way. With that, I grabbed my backpack and used my phone flashlight and walked down the hallway leading towards the stairs and quietly went up. Once I had set foot on the landing, I started feeling like I was being watched. But instead of playing into the fear and curiosity, I walked to the guest room and went about my routine for bed. Keep in mind, this isn't the first time I've stayed upstairs, so by this time, the spirits knew me. I'd made an unspoken rule with myself that it wasn't my house, so I respected their property and space, so I'd stay in the guest room for the night and make the bed in the morning. I wasn't ready for bed yet, 
so I had the bedside table lamp on, fucking around on my laptop when all of a sudden, the lamp shuts off, which causes me to look up just in time to see an orb the size of a soccer ball rush past the open doorway and was gone just as fast as it appeared. I was frozen in fear and a little in shock for a second before I said, thank you for showing yourselves, before turning the lamp back on and going about my business. The next morning I asked if the electrical outlets were wonky from the wiring being old, but she said no, so I told her what had happened and she didn't seem surprised, as if this was a normal occurrence, which for her I guess it was. I love when we get stories where a whole family has had experiences in their house and it's just universally accepted that the house is haunted. The end. And it definitely does sound like, you know, you went upstairs, you said to the spirits, I am happy to see you or hear you if that's what you want to do. And it sounds like they listened and made themselves known to you in a very nice and sweet way. You know, turn off the lamp, show yourself as an orb. None of this shadow figure standing in the doorway watching you sleep kind of vibe. These spirits sound like they're nice spirits, you know, benevolent, respectful, not creeping around being a general pain in the arse. 10 out of 10 for that spirit conduct, I must say. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And story number three comes from Sarah. I've been interested in all things paranormal for as long as I can remember. Yes, I was a creepy kid. Growing up, different places would give me feelings, sometimes warm, sometimes not, and sometimes just off. I would get a mental image of people too at times, but choked these up to an overactive imagination. However, in the past couple of years, I have learned that my brain doesn't operate in the same way as most. I'm neurodivergent, and I have been allowing myself to believe my own mind more. It has made me think that perhaps these weren't all just the product of my own musings, since this still happens to me now, but more of these to come. I live in a large-ish house in Suffolk in the UK. It's a hodgepodge of a building, the oldest central part which was a two-up, two-down, cob-walled drover's cottage, originally dates from about the 17th century, we think, with various extensions and add-ons built on over the years, right up to about the 1930s. It was bought in the 90s by my parents and I've lived here on and off since then, and it now houses our four-generational family. As with most old houses, it harbours creaky floorboards and the occasional rodent, bird or bat visitor, 
as well as its human inhabitants and being located in the middle of fields a good half a mile from the next nearest house. We are subjected to the noise of the wind, the deer and the foxes regularly, all of which we are well used to. I can't pinpoint when anyone first experienced what came to be known as the phantom door opener, but he has been heard by everyone living in the house, including my own children, off and on for years. The front door of our house is a heavy wooden plank type affair, with big old cast iron fixings to match, including a latch fastening operated from the outside by a ring handle. This contraption makes a loud and very distinctive noise when turned, and being cast iron, is not moved by even the strongest gusts. And yet the noise of this handle being turned has been heard numerous times, all times of the day, in all seasons and all weathers. There is no rhyme or reason to it, and, of course, never any human there when checked. Anyone coming to the door can only come through the garden to do so, and there is nowhere for anyone to hide, even if someone were to trek up to our isolated home to play some kind of prank. We don't know who or what it is, but they do no harm. It's just noise, so we let them be. The same goes for the footsteps. Every so often while downstairs, you will hear the distinct tread of footsteps from a room above. The most interesting of these happened one afternoon a couple of years ago when I was alone in the house. I was sitting in my living room and heard footsteps in my bedroom overhead. They walked from the door into the room, around the end of the bed, to my side, and I heard the distinct squeak my side of the bed would make when you sat down on the edge of it. Stupidly, I decided I'd better check no one was there. What I was going to do if there had been, I don't know and quietly walked out of the living room, up the stairs, across the landing and into the bedroom. There was of course no one and nowhere for anyone to hide, or time for anyone to have left the room without me hearing or seeing them. I haven't yet mentioned the shadow figures. When we first moved in, my parents had their living room set up with one armchair angled facing into the room with the doorway to the room on the right, and so that if you were looking that way, you faced straight down the corridor running the length of the back of the house. I can't tell you how regularly it happened, but regularly enough, I'd be sitting in this chair, often watching telly, and out of the corner of my eye, I would see a dark figure cross the end of the corridor between the two doors there. I assumed for many years it was my eyes playing tricks, until many years down the line when it came up in a conversation with my dad who said, I've seen them too. Both of us had thought we were just seeing things up until that moment. My dad was, since leaving school, a mechanic, and so, as such, very used to the behaviour of cars, and of fellow mechanics. One day he had a car in the workshop, up on the ramp, running some tests. Dad was sitting in the driver's seat to rev the engine and felt the distinct feeling of someone getting into the rear passenger seat of the car. He looked around expecting to see a prankster colleague, but there was no one. He checked the back seat in full and the footwells, but no one. A little nonplussed, he carried out his checks on the car. A few minutes later, as he finished his tests, he felt the rear of the car dip again, as though his unseen passenger had left the vehicle. He never had any explanation for this strange occurrence. But back to the things that have happened in our house. When my son was about four years old, he went to go to his bedroom one evening his room being the oldest part of the house. And suddenly he yelled out. 
I went to him thinking he had hurt himself, but he explained that he had seen a ball of light in his room which had disappeared. I asked him about it and he described it as being about the size of a football and at about the same height as my own shoulder, so about four and a half feet off the ground. Now my son is the least imaginative child you could ever have wanted to meet. Think he would rather read a book of facts than a story, even at that age and always straightforward and logical. There was no way he was making this up, but I had no explanation for him, and since describing it seemed to have calmed him a little, we left it at that. Until a few days later, when he again was on his way to his room, and saw another ball of light on the landing outside his room. Now, I don't remember exactly what time of year, but this would have been at around 7pm, and I know it was dark, so the winter half of the year. I tried to find a logical explanation, Was the outside light on? No. Was there a tractor out in one of the fields with its light on? Also no. It wasn't anywhere near bonfire night and there were no dog walkers about with torches and anyway the curtains were shut. My son seemed a bit unnerved but had already experienced our phantom door opener by this point so I told him that I would have a word with them and ask them to leave him alone which is what I did. I spoke to the air on his landing and said that whoever it was who was trying to show themselves in light form was welcome to do so to me, but please not to my son as it was frightening him. Thank you very much. None of us have seen this phenomena since. At the start of this email I mentioned to you that I can see people in my mind's eye at times and a couple of these have been in this house. When I was in my early 20s a former boyfriend died in a car crash And while I hadn't seen him in several years, I went to his funeral and grieved the loss of a young soul gone too soon. Since we were no longer close, I didn't really think of him on a daily basis, even after this though. One sunny afternoon, I was sat in my bedroom on my computer with my back to the door. I don't remember what I was doing, but I certainly wasn't thinking of Will. I suddenly felt that change of air pressure you feel when another person enters a room. I turned thinking it was my mum but there was no one there and I saw Will in my mind's eye. I smiled into the blank space in front of me. It was nice to think that he had popped in to see me. A few years ago we had another visitor here. Again I only saw him in my mind's eye but I can't account for why I would have thought of him out of nowhere. He was a young boy of about nine, smaller and slimmer than my own son with dirty blonde straight hair and rather sad, dark blue eyes. He was dressed in clothes that I would associate with a child of the 1940s or 1950s. He would follow me around the upstairs of the house every now and then, and after a few months, I didn't see him anymore. I wondered afterwards if he might have been an evacuee. Perhaps that accounted for the rather lost feeling I associated with him. Whilst it might be easy to dismiss these as my own fancy... What is more difficult to explain are the phantom sounds experienced by both myself and my husband. These have all happened in only the last year, so whether this is something that will continue will remain to be seen. The first instance happened about a year ago. We were in bed but not yet settled down to sleep, so very much awake. There was an odd noise like that of a small plane, and then an almighty bang which seemed to come from the side of the house a few feet from my side of the bed. We both leapt out of bed, and our first reaction was to check on our daughter in the next door room in case something had happened in there, although the noise didn't sound like it. 
She was sound asleep and nothing in the room was out of place. We went outside and did our best to check that we hadn't been hit by a rogue tree branch coming out of a tree or some such. But no. No branches, no tiles loose on the roof, chimney still intact. In fact, nothing whatsoever to account for the enormous noise we had experienced. A few months back in the summer, we were in bed and asleep this time. In fact, it was the early hours of the morning. When we both awoke with a jump to what sounded like a very loud alarm going off. We both heard this thing sounding for at least a couple of seconds once we were awake before it suddenly went silent. Now we have a smoke alarm just outside our bedroom door and have been woken in the night by the backup battery dying before. But this was not that. And we tested it just to make sure. We also checked the carbon monoxide alarm. It wasn't the car alarm or our phones. It wasn't anything we could tangibly pin down and no one else in the whole house heard it. The most recent odd sound happened a couple of weeks ago, but only to me. I woke in the early hours and found myself fully awake, which is not usual. I'm a very sound sleeper. As I lay wondering what had woken me, I heard a very distinct three knocks on our kitchen door. It was three deliberate and separate knocks, not the kind of tap-tap you would make to attract attention, but slower and deliberate. I lay awake wondering if someone were trying to get in or what else would happen, but nothing did. I'm still not sure what to make of that. To round things off, I'll tell you the few happenings from my workplace as well. For yes, I am blessed with goings-on there too. I work in what was once a Georgian townhouse with an older building attached to the rear of it, which has been offices now for many years. When I started there, I would go and make tea in the little cubbyhole room off the upstairs landing and would, for a while, feel there was a lady standing on the landing in the doorway where the older and newer sections of the buildings meet, just watching me. I always felt that she was sizing me up. She seemed to be in her 50s or 60s, a little shorter than me and dressed in a brown or grey dress with a white apron over and a white bonnet with a frill at the edge. I got the impression that she was a housekeeper figure. After a while, I ceased to see her, and that area of the building has since been remodelled. I work in a small room on the ground floor on my own, and once I suddenly smelled an aftershave which did not belong to any of my colleagues, and I had the impression of a small elderly man standing behind my left shoulder and smiling over me. I've also seen keys swaying in a cupboard lock in a way that was impossible to recreate. I did spend some time trying, and many of us in the building have smelled the scent of candle smoke about the place with no reason for it. I hope you've enjoyed my odd experiences. I'm not exactly sure what they all are. I suspect that for some and perhaps all, there will be a rational explanation one day. But if they are indeed the shades of those who have gone before, then I personally feel they have as much right to exist there as I do and are probably wondering what I'm doing there too. Sarah, I think that's such a healthy way to look at it. Like just realising that if you could see them, they are probably aware of you and they're probably thinking, hang on a second, what is she doing here? Especially if we think about it in terms of residual energy, you know, ghosts or entities that are the soul spirits energies of people who have passed away who are just knocking about their house. And then they're like, wait a second, what are you doing here? And I also have a lot of respect for the attitude of there is something in the house that slams the door. There is something in the house that stomps around with footsteps, you know, and we just accept that. It's just noise. We let him be. It's not going to harm anybody. We know it's there, but I do appreciate you 
going upstairs to check on the footsteps because I, I'm like that too. I, my first instinct would be like, I'm going to go check with no thought for what I would do if there was, you know, a, a murderer or a robber in the house. What would I do then? Nothing. Cry on the spot immediately and, and be brutally murdered. I would have no forward plan. I'd be like, I'm going to go upstairs and see what's the plan for if it's a ghost and you see that ghost standing or sitting on the edge of your bed. What's the plan? Nothing. There is no plan. And in terms of like the shadow figure that you and your dad would see kind of cross the end of the corridor between the two doors, it does sound like that, the footsteps, the door slamming, that all seems to be connected. Like whatever it is, is just going about its business in the house. And I guess the thing is with kids, like we always talk about how kids are more sensitive to things. So maybe it was easier for whatever was in the house to show themselves as light to your kid because he was going to be the one that was going to be more sensitive to it and more ability to see it and it kind of I think it does it does back up your point that these these whatever's in your house these entities ghosts spirits whatever they are are benevolent and kind because you said look I appreciate you showing yourself to the kid but please don't because you're freaking them out and they and they listened and they did that it's really interesting as well how you talk about being able to see things in your mind's eye and see people in your mind's eye and I do think that's that's the way a lot of psychics describe their ability that they see people or images in their mind's eye and then they relay them to people and obviously that person has a connection to it. I'm pretty sure that my my aunt when I've spoken to her about her psychic mediumship has described it as being able to see things in her mind's eye. So I don't know whether you have considered maybe exploring that more or maybe the kind of art of accepting yourself as an adult and saying no this is this is just what my brain does and this is okay and this is acceptable and this doesn't mean that I have an overactive imagination or that I'm hallucinating or any of those things this is just how my brain operates I wonder if that I would love to know if that has made you more open to things or made you experience things more and to be really honest I genuinely don't know what to say to explain or to try and analyze those noise that you heard you know that roaring sound of a small plane and then an almighty bang like a crash I would I would be checking to see if there were any plane crashes like small plane crashes in the area because you never know that sounds pretty residual too and I wonder what the other sounds is it just because this house is some sort of you know paranormal hotspot I hate using the word portal but you, you know what I'm trying to say like this is a paranormal hotspot because other things are moving around. It gives other things permission or the energy or the power needed to make sounds. These residual sounds are happening. These knocks, these bangs, these crashes, these beeping sounds of alarms. Maybe it's all connected. And maybe it's all about the energy of the house or the energy of the land even that the house is on. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Elizabeth, EJ and Sarah for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from November the 8th, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.